Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler and Griffin here with me. We are here to deliver the sharpest sports takes. This is a packed show today. The Little League World Series is underway. Kyler loves Little League. We break down the AFC East and all the great things. Might be the best division of football. We give the BYB top 10 fantasy running backs for 2023 and a whole lot more. Remember to rate, review, share with your friends, your family, the lady at Starbucks, the guy at McDonald's, the guy you have mowing your yard. Tell everyone that you know about Burst Your Bubble if they need to know about sports. If you're trying to win fantasy leagues coming up, make sure you're paying attention to our fantasy rankings that are coming out. We're going to post them on our socials as well. Thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you so much for listening. But remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. It's a great point, Josh. One of us will. And uh, Josh, let's get into it. I mean, we haven't spoken since uh, I've been back from vacation. We uh, had a little bit of a hiatus on Monday, but we're back here again. You know, you you can't miss us two days in a row. So we're here for sure on a Tuesday night getting this episode out to you guys. And I mean, pr- uh, spectacular timing on us um, because all the running back news happened the day we were supposed to record or after we were supposed to record. So it worked out. Yeah, we get all the good stuff. Well, but before we get into the the sports content, Kyler, let's. Uh, how was the rest of the vacation? Everything go well? Any okay. crazy stories? So obviously, I ended the the last podcast with um, I'm I'm going on a dolphin tour, um, and I don't like boats. Notably, uh, I don't like water. I should say that I don't like water. I'm not a water guy. That's I'm on the record, not a water guy. Um, and we're going on a two hour boat ride to to see dolphins, which can. Kennedy was ecstatic about, so I was, you know, managing. And I medicated, of course, for that trip, um, as I do, um, as a Crohn's patient. Um, I, I dabble in the marijuana industry um, as my medication. So, um, and I may have went a little bit overboard with the edibles, and I may have had an existential crisis crisis on the boat. Um, thought about jumping in the water a few times just to swim into swim into forever. Um, thought about that, thought about all the fish that were being fed, caught, and then fed back to the dolphins. Thought about that quite a bit for the two-hour boat ride. Um, at one point, my daughter even came up to me and she says, why don't they just let the fish live their lives? And that, I swear to God, my five, like, I that's something like a tweet you would see. Like, you know, my, my two-year-old came to me and said this. My five-year-old really came to me and said this. And I was like, yeah. How do you respond point. as a parent? When... On, on 200 milligrams of an edible <laughs> just like exactly and like I, i'm on, i'm honestly known as the guy on the vacation to be like hey you know fucking harvey oswald didn't actually he wasn't a lone shooter and uh, yeah i'm always been told to hey collar back off like this isn't the time for that they're four years old but here i'm just like yeah you're right like hey they they should just be letting these fish live their life have you ever heard the song pillow talking by little dicky Oh yeah! Oh my God, <laughs> that's very much what that reminds me of. When the the girl in the video is like, "Why can't we just let them live?" and he was like, "Well, we are. We're just we're getting them to do exactly what we want them to do." <laughs> love that, love that. Well, I'm glad that you survived the existential crisis, Kyler. Oh. I'm. Uh, I know that P had a fantastic vacation, and I'm sure that she had a ton of fun. Oh, uh, even though that you, uh, you know. Had a meltdown. Oh, we had we had a great time on the beach. Uh, just just boats. Keep me away from boats, and we're we're great. So you're not going to be floating the river with Griffin. Well, that's the thing. If, if like if I can see the land, we're fine. If I give me a give me a give me a 15, 20 foot pontoon behind all y'all floating the river, <laughs> we're 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 golden. 
Oh, geez. Uh, Griffin, any uh, any cool news for you? Any cool vacation stuff? Uh, no, not really cool, uh, to say the least. Um, I did go floating on the river hey. this weekend, as you know, and I got completely obliterated by the sun. Ooh. I put on sunscreen so many times, and I it didn't help Were you at all. than the fucking sun, my guy? Yeah. Uh, tried to be i will say <laughs> i saw that i lost <laughs> i will say i saw a picture of griffin and he was the color of this microphone it yeah was, it was rough dude i am in pain still i i'm try. i tried to convince him to do a shirtless pod tonight but i don't see that i was successful no you guys don't want that <laughs> I would pay oh that. well so obviously i was jealous of kyler going on vacation and griffin going on a foot trip so i turned a work trip into a mini vacation with rebecca and i we went out to uh, Northwest Oklahoma, went out to the Panhandle, and uh, I did it for work, but there was also supposed to be this huge meteor shower this weekend, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So we said, well, let's go camping. Let's set up a tent. We'll we'll watch the stars, watch the meteors. It'll be a great time. Well, boys, it stormed every night we were there. We saw, we saw meteors the first night, which would have been Thursday night. We sat at the Black Mesa State Park. And it stormed from about nine to ten thirty. We we uh, we battened down the hatches on the tent. We put the cover on and we sat in the car and played cards. And Becca was shining her flashlight at the tent to make sure it wasn't flying away. We were just hoping that we did it good enough where it wasn't completely soaked. Yeah, I was gonna I could, say scale of one to ten. What's what? What would you rate the storm? Uh, it was about a seven and a half. Ooh. I mean, it was pretty good, especially <laughs> when you're out in a tent. Like yeah. since you're in a tent, it kind of makes it an eight and a half. Like you automatically have to go up a point. But I will say we did a great job of putting the tent together because there was not one drop of water inside of this tent whenever the storm ended. Still stu- super cloudy. Couldn't see any of the meteors. So uh, we checked the radar and it looked like at about 4 a.m. supposed to clear up. So, you know, being the great husband I am, I set an alarm on my phone for, for 3.30. I woke up at 3.30 and I took the cover off. You could see a little patch of stars, a little part of the Milky Way. We saw about 10 meteors. And then I'm going to fast forward through the next night because it was very cloudy again. I'm going to try to make this quick. So the last night that we stayed, we were at my uh, a friend's that I know. She has a cabin with like 9,000 acres out in between Oklahoma and Colorado. And so we went out there. Yeah, and- Griffin, how many friends do you know that own 9,000 acres? I don't know that I could name one off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't know any friends that own any, any acres. So I've got to continue <laughs> your story, Josh. Go ahead. Yes. So anyway, very nice lady and her husband let us uh, stay out at the ranch house. Um, and so we go out there to watch all these meteors because that was the whole point because it's so dark out in the panhandle. You can't see anything. Well, we're there for 30 minutes. Huge storm comes in. Kyle. The last one I said was a seven and a half. This one was a nine, but it lasted about <laughs> two hours. Uh, we're about an hour into the storm. Power goes out. We're the only house that I can see in forever out at this place. Like when you're talking about the middle of nowhere, we're in the hills have eyes part of the world. Like this is where people go to see the Milky Way because there's no light pollution. Terrible storm. We finally get power back at like 11 p.m. It's out for like six hours, something ridiculous, seven hours. But I will say Tri-County Electric, fantastic job getting the power back on. They worked very hard. A lot of people were out without power. Next day, I, we're going to leave. I'm trying to fast forward. Next day, we go to leave. There's three ways off of this property. <clears throat> the way that we came in, we try it first. There's a running river across the road 
in one of these low spots oh. from the storm. Obviously, we can't get through the running river. So then we try the second spot. So we go over. You got to post these on socials. I will. We we went over one washout, and it was good enough. There's concrete under us, so we made it through that. And then we went to go back south to be able to get back into Oklahoma and then head home, which is going to be about a seven hour drive. So I get back and do the podcast with you boys, but we ended up not anyway, so it worked out. But we go that way. Then about before we can make it to the road that that split that teed there's a lake standing on the where the road is so obviously we can't drive the rav4 through the river or the lake so our only other option is to go 55 miles north into colorado on dirt roads that i'm fishtailing on the entire drive that there's only been one other car because i can see the tire tracks only one other car in this entire road for 55 miles and they say it was county roads, but we're going through pastures. Cows are walking in front of us. These are not county roads. These are roads that ranch hands use. And uh, it took us about an extra hour and a half added on to the drive. We finally came out in this town called Campo, Colorado. Then we went east for four miles. Then we had to go south for 55 miles before we made it back into Boise City, Oklahoma. Then we had a six and a half hour drive home. Jesus Christ. It was eventful. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a very fun vacation. We saw all the meteors. And then to top it off, uh, Beck and I, I haven't told either of you this yet, I don't think. Beck and I is are doing pregnant? 75. No, 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 no. Not breaking that news today. Uh, Beck and I are doing 75 hard. Today is day eight of 75 hard. If you don't know the rules for 75 hard, two workouts a day, 45 minutes each. One has to be outdoors. Fuck would know that what that means. It's very popular. You have to drink a gallon of water every day. You have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book, no alcohol or cheat meals, and you have to follow a diet. So we also did, we also were not able to drink on this vacation. I don't believe you've made it that long without drinking. I right hand on the Bible, but I will tell you this. Here's another fun fact. 75 days without alcohol will be the longest I've been without alcohol since I was a freshman in college. What a boring 75 days. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah but oh, i God. i've run a bunch i sent you guys that that 8k i ran the other night uh i'm drinking a lot of water a couple of these bad boys a day so uh day eight whenever everyone's listening this will be day nine getting marathon ready griffin and i are going to run a marathon in november kyle you want to join no i don't but let's talk about Come who. On, tyler let's talk about who a guy who is in marathon shape that's james harden so James <laughs> James Harden's over Since in China. When? James Harden is uh, James Harden is over in China. Um, and he's introducing actually a new wine house that he's opening in China, a new wine company, and that's going to be housed in China. Um, and he's he hosted what looked like some sort of a basketball clinic for for young kids for for teens. Um, and then hops on the mic. I'm pretty sure unsolicited because I cannot imagine any question that these guys asked him that prompted this answer. But this is a quote. Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of another organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. It's like we didn't hear you the first time. They don't. Nobody in the crowd speaks the same language as you in the first place, so they didn't hear you the first time. But for James Harden to get on a microphone in China and say that, and then he went on to say more things in, in, in an interview with The Athletic that were pretty 
<laughs> pretty funny. But uh, James Harden is going all out in China right now. And also, I mean, if you remember, Daryl Morey is public enemy number one in China. Yeah, he basically said Daryl Morey could die and nobody would care. And Chinese people would agree. That's not the first person <laughs> I've heard say that in the past couple of weeks on this podcast. <laughs> Sounds like Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay was the first. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously this rift with James Harden and, and the 76ers is for real. What's going to happen? Because obviously the 76ers, like three days ago, came out and said, well, we're keeping James Harden and we have no plans to get rid of him. No, I mean, so I'll, I'll tell you. So it's the same thing that's happening with the Blazers and Dame. So Dame is saying, "Hey, I want to be traded. These are the three teams I want to be traded to." And the and then the Portland tra- Trailblazers are going to come out and say, "Well, no, we're just going to keep him, and we're going to see what happens this season." And they're saying that because they don't like any of the trade offers they've received so far. So they're saying that to say, "Hey, sweeten the pot a little bit, and we may look at these a little more." And I think it's the exact same thing with the 76ers. They say, hey, we're taking him off the trade market. We're going to run the season back. But, hey, send us something a little bit better and we might entertain it. I don't yeah, think he's – yeah, go ahead. He wants to go to the Clippers. And that's – you're exactly right. But the thing is, is I don't even know why the Clippers want him. This is clearly who James Harden is. He's going to continue to ask out when things don't go in his favor. I, I just – I don't get it. I don't get why teams keep doing this same thing over and over and over with James Harden. Well, and with the memo that the NBA put out, you know, you're not supposed to be able to just put out publicly, I only want to go to this team or that team. Well, <laughs> fuck that because that 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 went out the that that went out no that went out the window when Woj uh yeah, it was Woj when he did that with the clip when Kawhi went to the Clippers from from Toronto with from San Antonio, like it was all because because Woj has his hands in all of their bags. Well Woj Woj is feeding all of them water. So what, like, he's not, they're not going to get fined because Woj is in with the NBA and Woj is in with these teams. So it's like, it's all just a big game that they're playing that to make ratings. I'm okay. I, what is, I don't, what does Woj have to do with the players only not being able to say they want to go to one team? Well, he's the one that's going on ESPN the next day and saying they're a traitor. Mm. Or, or or no, he's not. He's not necessarily the one doing that, but he's 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 teeing up the the ones that do say that to to do it. Mm, gotcha. So, where do we think James Harden is at the end of at the beginning of the NBA season? Is he a Clipper? Great question. Mm, probably, but I he I don't know. I probably. So Paul George can play the three, Kawhi the four. Russell Westbrook the one, James Harden the two, Paul George the three, Kawhi the four. I'm buying season tickets. Dwight Howard, bring him back, make him the five. Shut up. He's no way. That's league. Bro, he said he was better in his prime than Jokic. So like I know. Bring back prime Dwight. I mean, hey. I think he's in China playing right now too. He is. Did y'all see that video of James Harden and that Chinese girl dancing? I did not, Josh. It's like a music video thing. And James, Harden, James Harden is just standing <laughs> in the background doing this. Is this the funniest video I've ever seen? James Harden and little Baby have the most interesting relationship I've, I've ever witnessed in my life. Uh, but hey, I, also, but one I, more thing that's yeah. not sports-related. I'm sorry, guys. No. I, everyone is just talking about it right now, so I have to bring it up on this podcast. Are you all familiar with Bobby Allhoff? I am. So, industry plant or not? Not. 
Okay, then how did then how did she get Drake on her podcast on episode three? Because she signed with um one of the she signed with uh MWE. Yeah. So but then the question is how WME. do you how do you sign with WME without like a prolonged success? Uh well she had a podcast. That, my point. She had a following. And you never heard of her until a week and a half ago. And she got and she got a she got someone on her podcast who led to Funny Marco. Um, Funny Marco led to a she led to um, a clip that Drake liked. Drake followed her. She DM'd him. That's the story. That story I read. Your mm. I mean your 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 theory where she's a she's a plant could be just as true. But that's a theory I read. I don't know, but I do know that I love what she's doing. All of but, the interviews that she does is hilarious. But here's what I, I also agree. I do like what I do like her, her style. But I mean, I don't know if you've seen the the controversy lately. Her and Drake have unfollowed each other on on all platforms since then, and the episode has been deleted. Oh, what's going on? He found out she was a plant. Maybe. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we can get, we can get to real sports now. Sorry. Uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up was the uh, the bar stool pen and ESPN deal. I thought that was a really really big deal. So bar stool is completely out of the sports betting game um, as far as... So they were owned by Penn Gaming. They own a bunch of casinos worldwide. They own... I mean, uh, it's... it's They own the Barstool Sportsbook, um, which was a pretty... Which was, the I think, the third or fourth largest sports book in the world. And so they sold it back to Dave Portnoy for $1. How incredible is that for Dave Portnoy? Um, and then signed on with ESPN with a for an undisclosed number I haven't seen at least, and they're going to launch ESPN Bet this fall. What do you boys think about that? I think it's a good way for ESPN to monopolize a lot of sports stuff. I mean, it's just their way of getting in a maybe not monopolize. This maybe the wrong word. It's their way to get their hand in even more things with sports that reach across. And I think that it was a great move by Dave. Basically, he just was a rental of his company. I mean, he just rented it out while he went and partied in Miami and was able to buy it back for pennies on the dollar. So great move by Dave. And I think it was just ESPN wanting to evolve into more of a conglomerate than they already were. Griffin, any opinion on this? No, not really. I just hope their app is um a lot better than the current app because ESPN sucks. ESPN app does yeah, suck. It's terrible. You yeah. literally can't if you want to watch anything, you have to click it 15 times for it to even load up. So Justin, I'll break I am gonna go ahead and break a little news right now. Um and Justin, you you've told me this in the past, and I've heard I've heard this from a couple of different sources. Um when whenever the tribes here know because this is an Oklahoma podcast, so we're gonna talk about Oklahoma Oklahoma for a second. At any point, if it becomes legalized, every single tribe in Oklahoma has the infrastructure to launch their own betting app the second it happens. And they have their uh, own would, infrastructure I to would, I would right? I'll I'll just clarify. I would not say every tribe has that, but I will say the big tribes definitely do. Sure. Great correction there. And they all have the infrastructure to put them in their casinos immediately and have people mm-hmm. trained to work them immediately. So that, that's something to I think we should look forward to. And I think that's something that this ESPN deal is going to help a lot. Completely agree. 
All right, now let's get to uh, let's get to some sports. Kyler, I know that you've been down to talk about it. Let's hear some takes on the Little League World Series. I mean, it, it's my favorite thing to watch every August. So, Griffin, you're new to the show, but I want to let you in on a little controversy that Kyler and I always talk about when it comes to the Little League World Series, and it is that these little kids throwing curveballs at, like, super young ages i'm not a fan of it 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 destroys arms for younger kids and it just ruins their chances of pitching whenever they get older Kyler, what do you what are you shaking your head for we're past that we're past that it's, the science has been proven proven wrong about that we're, we're good is that true no the science is definitely no, not i don't been... think that's true does it make for more entertaining baseball yeah but it destroys those kids arms how many of these little league world series pitchers end up making it even to d1 colleges to play and pitch that's a great question it's a great question well because i'm willing to bet the majority of them don't sure but let's talk about let's talk about the tournament so It starts as you're listening to this episode right now. Some games are on ESPN. You need to tune in because they're the most fun games to watch. It's because it's it's kind of like the college sports aspect where you're not really sure what's going to happen. You're not really sure what's going to happen next. You're not really sure how many runs are going to be scored this end. You're not really sure if there's going to be a hit this game. Um, you're not really sure which teams are going to advance, even though they're the favorites and they haven't lost in six months. And that's what makes it the most fun about 12-year-olds playing baseball is, I mean, some of them have that dog in them, like this kid from Southern California, but some of these kids don't. And you can tell as soon as they get on the mound, it's like, okay, you're the coach's kid. You've been playing second base all game, but now it's the fifth inning and we need you to pitch. And you look fucking shook up here. And that's my favorite part about the Willowly World Series, watching these kids get, I don't want to say watching these kids get shook, but watching the pressure get to these kids and watching the meltdowns at the end of the game. It'll mean it'll the score will be two to one at the top of the fifth. The game will end 12 to 13. I mean, it, it's it the the meltdowns are amazing. The errors just throwing from second to first base are always fun to watch. The runner always beats the throw out. Now they're doing instant replay, so they go back, so they're going to check the replay on every play. It's amazing. I can't get enough of the Little League World Series. I uh I've not watched that much of it. I have watched some highlights. One of the cool things I've noticed and from some of the things that I've seen like on Twitter and some of the headlines, a lot of these kids, it seems, have been playing in the Little League World Series for several years in a row now. And so there's a lot of friendships that are being made. Like a lot of kids are, you know, crying and hugging after games are over. And, you know, that's a cool thing to see. It's uniting kids across the the country all playing baseball again, which, you know, is I guess the thing that we've been wanting to see for a long time back is in the background saying hi to you guys um oh she said not griffin just kyler uh but (laughs) but little league world series uh just bringing the kids together we've been talking about bringing kids back to baseball because it's so boring to watch when we get older but it seems to be you know this might be working for the newer generation i don't know i will say that betting still not available on it is kind of a sham um, I that think you we can't should... bet on the Little League World Series. <laughs> I think we should definitely be able Kyler, to. Bet there is an episode just... of Family Guy that you need to go watch, and it'll explain why there's no betting on the Little League World Series. We should Peter's definitely... best friends break his kid's arm 
because he's a great pitcher and they took they took his team to lose. I understand, but we should definitely be allowed to bet in the World Series. That being said, I think Cura, Cura, is it Curacao or Curacao? Or Curacao. Curacao. Curacao is going to win this the whole thing. Wait, Curacao is a type of liquor. Okay, that's also a country. Okay, there you go. Um, All right, Curacao is going to win. They're going to win the entire thing, and if they don't, it's going to be the team from California. I'm pulling up the name right now. El Segundo, California. So it's going to be the team representing California. It was, it was. I mean, if you if you haven't watched any any game so far yet of the Little League World Series, go to the Little League World Series on the ESPN app. Um, and go to the last game that's been streamed so far, and it's North Ca- uh, California versus South Car- California. It's a fantastic little league game. Um, it's got everything you would ever want in a little league game. Uh, and it was Southern. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Southern California that won. Maybe it was Northern. Um, but whoever it was, it's going to be a fantastic finish. You are cracking me up. I want to see some. I want to see some parents get thrown out. That's what I want to see. Oh yeah, less of that nowadays. Less of that. I know the umpires are getting too soft. Snowflakes. Um. Yeah. So before don't we get, get don't get me into the umpiring, Josh. I, Josh, I'll spend <laughs> I'll spend twenty more minutes on the umpires in this motherfucking. Time. All right, we got to change the Ridiculous. subject. All right, I have a subject to talk Josh, about. You know, you know, to get into the to get into umpire school. <laughs> so to make it past re, to make it past the semifinals. So there's like the semi quarterfinals and there's the regionals. To even make it to the regionals, you have to pay a two hundred seventy five dollar class to the Little League World Series to even take their training to make it to that. And they never pick the first people. So they pick the people who have gone through the training two or three times. They're just racking up fucking money. And on top like of a this great t- business model, on top of this T te- on top of this TV deal, they got from ESPN that they won't even disclose the number to. But the one they just gave up in 2021 was $60 million. Well, it's because they got people like you that are very invested in the little league yeah. world series and they know they can make money off of it. Why wouldn't they? I agree. Okay, now I'm going to switch subject. Let's get into boys. I'm I'm actually excited about this. Had a TikTok go up about it. Let's talk to AP poll. AP preseason poll top 25 came out for college football. Um, there's a couple of uh, good or a few notable things on this list. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to get into it. Uh, I'm not going to start at the top. I'm just going to start at some of the things that I think are the most intriguing. To me, Alabama at number four. I think I've told both of you the stat already, but. Alabama, the last time they were ranked outside of the top three, Nick Saban had not yet won a national championship in Tuscaloosa. Wow. That's a long yeah. time to be in the ranked in the top three every year. That's insane. And honestly, um, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this is a down season, and they're ranked fourth going into the season. Exactly. With just a good a chance to win a national championship again. Because honestly, yep. I what I think is going to happen is I think they're going to get away from the pass heavy model they've had for the past, you know, three or four years with Mac Jones and Bryce Young, two or three years with Mac Jones and Bryce Young. I think they're going to go back more towards a, a balanced, even more run heavy team that focuses on defense. And you that's really so? where I think they found success. Okay. Not sure I completely yeah. agree with that. I think they have a a five-star quarterback in there and that's supposed to be number one pick in a couple of years. I mean, probably so. And he's from Alabama, so he will. But I, I mean, if you remember Alabama six years ago, they're not throwing the ball all over everyone. I mean, they're running the ball down your throat. 
Yeah. I mean, their quarterback is still going to put up numbers, but they're running the ball down your throat. And honestly, George is doing the same thing. Yeah. Right and Georgia just lost Stetson Bennett, so now they've got to figure out what their offense is going to look like, even though they are ranked number one in the preseason, which makes total sense, as they should be ranked number one because they've been the best team for a couple of years. In, but they did lose a lot of guys to the NFL draft. They lost their quarterback. So they're going to have to figure out what that identity is real quick. So what sticked out to me is Michigan and Ohio State 2-3. and three. Um, Any chance at all of their 2-3 and three at the end of the season? Uh, yeah, I actually really like Michigan to potentially win it all going into the season. I think uh, um, their schedule favors it. They, yeah. they both have, or Michigan has the target on its back just because they've won the matchup the past mm-hmm. couple of years and they won the Big Ten, so they have the bigger target on their back. But I think Ohio State's going to be hungry to knock them off. So I see either one of these teams making it the in the Final Four towards the end of the year. I think uh, Michigan wins it all and then Harvard Harbaugh bounces to the NFL so he doesn't have to deal with all the college allegations. That's actually a very good theory. Warriors hires. Um, I don't think he's going to retire. LSU and Florida State, they play like week two or week three. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a five versus eight matchup right off the bat, which is going to be super exciting to watch. Um, you're going to find out how ready Florida State is going to be on the big stage very quick. And then SC at six. I mean, we're going to really see if I mean, Caleb Williams, this is his, this, I mean, obviously, I mean, this is his chance to, to show that he, why he is the number one pick, why he needs to be the number one pick, why he deserves to be the number one pick, and why SC deserves to be ranked the number six team in the nation in this AP poll preseason ranking. Because, uh, I mean, they're putting all of this on Caleb Williams, putting all of this on the new coach coming in. And we're going to see if he can live up to the hype. He's not just a he's just not gonna be the number one pick. I mean, they're calling him the best prospect in years to go to as a quarterback goes. So I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Caleb Williams to perform very well. But you know, I mean, he's done pretty good. Everyone knows what kind of quarterback he can be. So I think it, I mean, it makes sense for them to be where they are. Uh next thing that I really have is Texas at eleven. Yeah, moving I up fourteen spots. I don't think they have the easiest schedule in the Big 12, but I think that Texas is going to be a good team. Quinn Ewers was the number one prospect last year before the big hit from Alabama in the injury. Then he did not finish the year very strong, but you still can't count out a guy who was the number one prospect going into the year last year. And all of his teammates have been saying he's been putting in the work and he's been a strong leader in the locker room. So you got to see what Quinn Ewers is going to do in Texas. I think Texas has a strong case to um, like they'll definitely have their schedule on their side when it comes down to teams making or not making the playoffs. Um, they have, I think it's might be the hardest or second hardest uh, schedule in the big 12 this year. So. I want each of you to pick a, t- pick a team outside of the top six that could make the uh, national championship game, not beat Georgia, not, but make the national championship game. Outside the top six, you say? Yep. Uh, Hmm. For me, I'm probably going to go Clemson. Okay. I think I like Utah. Am I I just, am I, am I, am I nuts to go with Texas? No, I don't think so. Yes. 
you are nuts. Okay, then I'll go with Tennessee. I think I think Joe <laughs> I think Joe Milton could literally throw it out of the stadium stadium if he needed to. Uh, another team that I, I agree, he's got such a strong arm. Another team that really surprises, not really surprises me, but uh, making it at 17, TCU. TCU is yeah. going to be a completely new team. I mean, everything is changing about TCU. Nothing is going to be the same. So, I mean, that's no wonder they dropped down 15 spots. I mean, obviously to 17 to begin the year. Being in the top 25 is good for them. I mean, you just don't know what kind of team this is going to be. Well, I, I think it just shows – Go ahead, Kyler. No, no, your, yours is going to be much more. I was going to say, I just I just <laughs> think it shows that um, with the history of TCU that people do not think that last season was what TCU is as a football program. Right. And so, I mean, they obviously respect what they did. That's why they're in the top 25 still this year. But I honestly, at the same time, wouldn't be shocked if they are not top 25 ranked at the end of the season. Well, I think it's uh, just adding on to that. I think it's kind of like when OSU kind of broke in onto the national scene, um, and you know, with Brandon Weeden, I think it's when when they first obviously who who was throwing to was obviously more important. But uh, when they first broke broke into the scene, then they got ranked in the top twenty five, and then top ten, and then top five, and then I mean just missed out on the national championship game. And then since then, I mean, how often have we been out of the top twenty five in, in preseason rankings? Not often. I think this could be TCU's. Uh, welcoming party to to the top twenty five year in and year out. Maybe, maybe not though. As but long the, as they have a, as long as they have a decent year this year. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna have to. If they stay in the top twenty five to end the year, then I would agree. But if they fall out, mm-hmm. there's no way they get put back in the top twenty five next year. Hundred yeah, percent. I agree with that. Iowa, uh, next, Iowa at number twenty five. I just wanted to comment on that. Was okay. was was interesting. Oh, uh, I mean, Iowa's gonna have to fix the offense. I mean, they, I score, they score seven points a game, but I mean, they the defense <laughs> averages about 7.4, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, last year did. I mean, last year was not a good year for Iowa. They were scoring seven points and their opponents were scoring 21. So Iowa needs to get it figured out on the offensive side of the ball. They got to start scoring points or they're never going to win football games. I mean, that's just most of their games were one score games. I'm going to go look at their schedule here in it a minute. It was just like it was like seven to 12. Like the mm-hmm. entire season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they need to score more than seven. I mean, it was embarrassing. Uh, last team that I have really to talk about on the list is uh, – oh, obviously we got to talk about OU yeah. at 20. Uh, easiest schedule in the Big 12 by far. They're going to be the favorite in every game except for one. They're only going to be the underdog to Texas. That's the only game that they're not going to be favorited in. Well, depending on how OSU and OU seasons go. No, I'm telling you. OU Texas will be the only game that OU is the underdog. Mm-hmm. The rest of OU schedule is so easy. Dude, it's a cakewalk. Sure it is, but I, 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 so is OSU's. Yes, I think they have the second easiest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I think I think <laughs> based on the 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 performances they put up against these, I mean, obviously weaker teams will will I don't know, maybe maybe OSU looks more 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 ready for the task whenever whenever time rolls around against OU. I'm just going to um, put this out there. K-State is going to finish in the top 10 at the end of the season. Wow. Okay. Just what it is. Who are you taking out? Out of the top 10? Just name a team that won't be in the uh, top 10. 
that's in the top 10 now yeah washington won't be there washington won't be there i wouldn't be shocked if clemson wasn't there i would be there's a chance that florida state's not there yep i mean a loss to lsu right out of the bats could i mean i mean they're well and then they turn around and play clemson uh mid-september i think yeah so i mean there's a couple of these teams with very tough schedules all right that's enough for the AP poll. Guys, go follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at sports on X. Sorry, not Twitter, on X. It is uh, at, at sports BYBP. I'm at jkeatno 22 Kyler's at Kyler012. Griffin is at GriffinArgo1. Go follow us for all of the stuff that we're posting online. Getting very active on social media. As I'm, I know that we are working very hard behind the scenes on Twitter and TikTok. On TikTok, it's Bursher Bubble Podcast. If you're trying to win a fantasy football league, follow Follow the podcast page and make sure you're following our fantasy football expert, Shane, at Fantasy BYB. He's about to have a baby. Congratulations to Shane. That thing should be popping out any day now. I know his wife is ready to get it out. So uh, congratulations to him. Go follow Fantasy BYB at or on X. Go follow all of our pages, Bursher Bubble Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all the channels. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, no hard feelings. More than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. All right, let's get to some. Let's get let's do the breakdown first. Let's break down the AFC East. That's what we've got this week. It's a pretty good division, guys. I was looking at it. I think this is one that has a chance to rival the NFC East. Well, I know what teams last. Very easy to tell the last team for sure. I mean, is it? I mean, with the latest signing. Makes it even easier for me. Yes, I agree. Okay. I, don't, so, I do not even care for that. So, obviously, let's get to it. Number four in the rankings, at least two out of the three of us, Griffin and I, obviously talking about the New England Patriots at number four. Just it's the least complete team in this division, even with the best head coach in all of the NFL, maybe the best coach in NFL history. It's just my question is, why can't these guys ever get the wide receiver position figured out? Because they let Bill Belichick draft the team. Well, it's not working. The skill player position, I mean, the skill positions is just not great here. I mean, obviously, the big news, Ezekiel Elliott signed with the Patriots. I did have it as Dalvin Cook had it backwards. I thought Zeke was going to go to the, the Jets, and I thought Dalvin Cook was going to go to the Patriots, so I had it backwards. So Zeke signing with the Patriots is going to be a Zeke or Madre Stevenson one-two punch. I kind of think that Zeke's going to be there for the goal line work, and I just think it's going to eat into overall what Ramondre was doing. I think Ramondre's still going to have a, a decent year, but I think it's going to – I think Zeke's just going to be there to take a little bit away. Obviously, last year the Patriots had the best defense in all of football. So, you know, unless they're really expecting Juju Smith-Schuster to emerge as a wide receiver one for the first time in his career – I just don't think it's going to work out for him again this year. I think the offense is going to be lackluster. I don't know how much they trust Mac Jones yet to be able to open up the offense. And last year, they didn't show me any glimpses of any of that being able to work. Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, they, with the Mac Jones thing, they're literally starting the wrong quarterback. Bailey Zappi is a better quarterback. Um, and I think he will be given the opportunity to start later in the season. I actually do think that. Um, I, I Here's a little bit of take I'm going to steal, but I think the Patriots improve in the rankings by at least 10 spots offensively. So last year they um they finished 29th in the ranking offensively. I think they're at least 19th or better. 
Yeah, I'm probably going to take him as a top 25 offense. Uh, I think they probably finish somewhere in between 19 and 25. That's kind of where I see him, too. Okay. And what about Cole Strange? Cole Strange, he's been kind of a bust, huh? But uh, could you see a, ba- a bounce back year? No, not really. I mean, you know, maybe, but I just I don't think it's going to be enough for it to really do much, if that makes sense. Okay. I just think the team's going to be very underwhelming. Um, But, I mean, saying that, like, you know, it's still Bill Belichick. So, Bill Belichick, for me, is good for five wins by himself. And the Mac Jones is probably going to squeak out one or two. So, you know, I could see a seven and and ten season. I like it. That's that's exactly what I had them as, is seven and ten. And and the opposite of that, I'll go ahead and move to our third team for ready. I, yeah, I'm interested to see what the third team yep. is. Miami Dolphins. I've got them at the opposite of, at 10 and 7. I think that misses the playoffs in a stacked AFC this year. It's a gauntlet going on. I think Vic Vangio completely flips this defense around. I think they become a top five defense this year. I think Tua Tungvaloa is quiet all year long. Or I think I think he is healthy all year long, I should say. I think uh Jalen Waddle has one of the, a Tyreek esque year. I think the Dolphins are going to have a fantastic year, but just missed the playoffs in the last year in the last week of the season, just because of the two teams ahead of them in this particular division. So here's my question to you guys: Does Tyreek Hill break the two thousand yard mark like he's saying he wants to? That's crazy. Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, with how many yards after catch he gets, it's definitely possible, especially in Mike McDaniel's system, if they can use him as like almost as little um, like shovel like shovel passes behind the line of scrimmage, and then he just takes off. Like yes, but uh, the fact that they have Jalen Waddle, I just think that takes too many yards away from Tyreek. It makes me think that Tyreek kind of knows what the system, what what kind of Mike McDaniel has kind of cooked up going up into the season, though that he has that on his mind. I mean, he definitely wants it. I mean, he's been telling everyone that that's what's going to happen. I mean, the Dolphins obviously have continued to improve the defense on paper. The offense, they arguably the best wide receiver wide receiver tandem in the NFL. I mean, I think that there are a couple of really good ones now, but this is arguably the best one. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you can make the case for it easily, especially when Tua was mm-hmm. healthy. These two guys were cooking. And so I think a lot of this is going to depend on the health of Tua how healthy can he stay? How healthy can this team stay? And I mean, you know, you hate to say it, but it's a legit concern. You have to wonder how good the offensive line is going to be this year to to hold him up on his two feet. And if the offensive line can hold him up, I could see them reaching that 10 and seven. I kind of have them at nine and eight, which I know is only one game difference, but I don't see them getting to double digit wins this year. But I think that there's going to be a lot of hard fought games for Miami. And I'm telling you this, this division, it's just nuts. It is. It's crazy. Griffin, you like the Dolphins? At three? Yeah. Yep, that's exactly where I had them. Nice. Okay, you wanna who do you have it to, Griff? Um, I have the Jets. Locked up. I have the Jets. Um, and the reason why I actually because I was kind of back and forth between them and the Dolphins at number two. The reason why I went with the Jets is because of their defense. I think it's just, I mean, it was a great defense last year. I think it's gonna be another great year for that defense and then on top of that Aaron Rodgers um adding to that offense and what Garrett Garrett Wilson was doing last year with abysmal quarterback play 
Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be rolling. So, dude, he had 1,100 yards last year with Joe Flacco and or Mac White. I know. My, yep. Yeah. He has Aaron Rodgers this year. I think he's an all pro. Uh, another guy who's been standing out in camp for the Jets, shout out our guys over at OSG, Tony Adams, did not even mm-hmm. play in the Hall of Fame game, looking like he's going to be the starting safety who unseated Adrian Amos, who's a vet. They love wow. what Tony Adams is doing over there at the safety position. So I'm super excited to see him continue to cook over there. It looks like he's earned himself a starting role. I love the Jets at two here, and that's not even a dig at them. I think that this is going to be a fantastic year for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a wonderful season. I'm looking forward to watching Garrett Wilson. Obviously, with the signing of Dalvin Cook, we talked about it on a couple episodes ago. Dalvin Cook now is going to be able to be the lead back for the first four or five weeks while they slowly integrate Brees Hall back into the offense. It's going to, you know, it was just painful for uh, fantasy owners of Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson this week. You know, they just felt the pain, but it's going to be really good for Brees Hall in the long run, having Dalvin Cook to be able to take some of that away. Sure, but that offensive line is still very, not very good. I mean, I think I I have them finishing at eleven and six, just a game above the Dolphins. So I think I think that's how close it is from them missing the playoffs. I think they make the wild card, um, and I have the, of course the Bills finishing on top. But I think I think this offensive line could I mean very well cost them a playoff spot. Um, yeah, you saying that they're very bad is being generous. Yeah, that's being very nice because they are <laughs> not going to be good. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Yeah, someone's gonna have to keep Aaron Rodgers up on his feet. Otherwise, he's not gonna have very much fun whenever they start playing. Yeah. So one game with Rock, one game with Rodgers on his back three times, and I promise the next week, uh, it'll be a completely different looking offensive line. Well, I'm not saying it's gonna get any better. I'm saying there's gonna be a guy or two that might not be on the line anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Guys on the street. Hey, can, can you block? Well, but I mean, I think, that, one of I think their... that also speaks to the the just the ability of Aaron Rodgers and the skill guys on this team. Where even though that offensive line is abysmal, this team's still going to go ten and seven, eleven and six. It's still going to be a really yeah. good football team. He's got a really quick release, so that'll that'll help uh, kind of put a band aid on how bad the offensive line is. All right, number one team uh, in the AFC East. Obviously, we, this has been weird that we've all been in lockstep for a division for once. This is. Good to see a little yeah. camaraderie on Burst Your Bubble. Like the it. Buffalo like Bills, I'm going to talk about Kyler's favorite position in the NFL, the tight end position. Dalton Kincaid, probably Kyler's new favorite NFL player, has mm-hmm. been showing out in camp, just been making all the impressive catches, been really challenging Dawson Knox for that starting role. And maybe not the starting role, but to do production early on in the season. Normally you don't see that kind of – you won't see this kind of production out of rookie tight ends. There's only been three rookie tight ends to hit a thousand yards in the last like eight years. It might be ten. Um, no NFL history. Oh, there you go. NFL history. Only three. Uh Kyle no, he Fitz would was... become the third. No, there's been three. I'm reading here. Dalton Kincaid will become the, th- the bold prediction. He will become the third rookie tight end to eclipse a thousand yards in NFL history. Well, that's very bold because Kyle Pitts just did it. So I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Kyle Pitts uh, was the third one to do it, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, Matt Florio fucked this or Sam Morrison fucked this one up. Uh, so, but Dalton Kincaid looking very good. The Buffalo Bills are going to be a great team. I think the James Cook, the brother of Dalvin Cook, which will be a great match to see Dalvin and D- Dalvin James Cook and James Dalvin Cook going against each other. 
uh, week one, I believe it is, very early. So excited to see that matchup. The Bills, I think, are going to be a very fun team to watch this year. Obviously, I'm excited to see Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen's connection. I'm also excited to see how good Gabe Davis is going to be this year, if he can take that leap to become that signature wide receiver too, like a T. Higgins or a, a Jalen Waddle or a Devontae Smith. Yeah, and if Buffalo can just stay fucking healthy, I mean, my goodness. It seems like their secondary with their and their entire defense was was banged up the entire season. So if they could just stay healthy, I think the division is theirs. I, I got them at 13 and four. Yeah, I think they um I mean, arguably have one of the best rosters top to bottom in the NFL. And then along with having a top five quarterback always helps as well. Um, you guys hit it right on the head with um, I mean, it's their division to lose. All right. Well, anything else on the AFC East? I think I, I like that. I like that agreement here on Duab. I like a little, little agreement every now and then. So let's get into some. Uh, let's get into some controversy. Let's get into some speculation about where we should pick players. So Josh, I'll go ahead and let you start at ten. All right, we're gonna do the rankings of fantasy running backs going into twenty twenty three. Obviously, before the season starts, um, we're going to go ahead and do some rankings for you guys. For number 10, I have Travis Etienne. Might as well. Are we all have Travis Etienne at 10. Are you serious? I, he's on my I list, definitely. I promise. Uh, right here. Obviously, the Jaguars are going to be very good this year. Uh, I have There's Tank. Everyone's saying that Tank is going to challenge him a little bit, but I just think that Etienne is going to be – more of a workhorse than a lot of these other guys in the league. A lot of offensive opportunity for him to get some red zone touches, a lot of goal line work. I'm excited for ETN this year. I think it could be a really good year. Yeah, I think last year, I'm pretty sure he finished at 17. Um, The thing is, is he also kind of struggled with fumbling the ball and missing some pretty point blank um, catches that would have resulted in touchdowns. And I don't see that happening again this year. I think that offense takes another good step and um, is just one of the more kind of prolific offenses in the league. Um, and so that's going to be a lot of reps. And honestly, they're going to be ahead in a lot of games. So then they're going to be running the ball. I just I, – I really think he's going to be a top 10 back. Yeah, Travis Etienne, I think the Jaguars have nowhere to go but up. Um, number nine. I'll go move to number nine. I went Nick Chubb. I think without the without the two headed monster, with I think he's uh, I think they're going to have a more pass heavy attack now that now that Deshaun has had a full year in training camp, a full year with the team. I think uh, Nick Chubb is going to take a more um, less of a of a run first approach. I think he's going to have more routes. I think he's going to have more um, playing in in the in the passing game. Um, I think it does take away from his from his fantasy contributions though. So I will say in this episode, we changed up the way that we're doing the rankings from the quarterbacks. And instead of arguing two picks to place a guy there, we're all just going to say who we have at that position and go and work our way up the list. And then we'll average it out at the end and we'll make the official BYB list. I'm keeping track of the picks here. So just, just keep that in mind. So at Griffin, who do you have at number nine? Actually, uh, this might be kind of uh, surprising, but I have Josh Jacobs. I know he led the – I'm pretty sure he led the league in rushing last year or was pretty close if not. Um, but the thing is, is I think they're going to be trailing in a lot of games uh, due to quarterback play, poor quarterback play, to say the least. Um, and so I just don't see him getting as many ch- uh, touches on the ground. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I have him at number nine. 
So you're not going to believe this. Number nine, I have Josh Jacobs for the for the Raiders. <laughs> right. um, and the reason that I do is because last year to me, Jacobs was in a contract year in running and all players are known to pop in contract years. And overall, I just think he's more of a top 10 player than he is a top five player. And so I just put it, I, he fell right at number nine for me. That's right. fair. So number nine is, is uh, Josh Jacobs. I think we should decide in the moment who is that player. So we're not confused at the end. Well, you know, I, I've got a good, I'm keeping the picks and I'll average it at the end. So that way we know exactly where we have them as the full BYB list. No, it's it's going to be good. ESPN does it this way. So do a like lot of other people. I got, I got it, Kyler. Trust, trust the process. Number eight. Right. Got? I, um, I have Jonathan Taylor. And the reason being is first off, we don't even know if he's really going to be there because I'm pretty sure he still hasn't reported um, to the building at all. I could be wrong on that. But um, the other thing is, is, I mean, I don't see the Colts being that great, given he will be the majority of their offense or very well could be. But um, I just I don't think it's going to be that great of a season for him. I disagree. I, I've got him ranked pretty high. I think uh, I think uh, all of his absences have been excused. I think they've been talked about with the team. I think uh, I think everything is is okay in Indianapolis for at least this year. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to perform as he ha- as he has in the past couple of years. Obviously, last year wasn't his best, but I think he has a bounce back year, and I think he's a top five back this year. So, Kyler, who do you have at eight? I've got Tony Pollard. So here's a little bit of a, of a surprise. So, I mean, as Travis Etienne jumped into the top 10 this year, I think a player we're, we're, we may be talking about next year, uh, maybe not maybe not be in the top 10, but maybe in the top 20, maybe the top 15, Deuce Vaughn. I mean, Deuce Vaughn, if you're playing PPR, that guy is going to get you a lot of points. He's going to win you a lot of fantasy football leagues. Uh, so I think I think Tony Pollard is going to take a hit from that. I'll get him at number eight. Okay. Uh, number eight, I have Joe Mixon. Uh, I think that Mixon's going to still have a really good year. He's more, he's kind of a, I mean, he's a workhorse guy. Uh, I think that the Bengals have a really good offense. The only thing is the Bengals have so many mouths to feed. Uh, I think that they're going to spread the ball around. I see an increase of passing from Joe Burrow, getting those touchdowns to Jamar Chase a lot more this year. Jamar Chase is still trying to solidify himself as number one wide receiver. Just so many mouths to feed. That's why I've got Josh or uh, Joe Mixon at number eight. So, I'll go at number seven. Number seven, I've got – oh, that was the first time that Griffin and I had uh, strayed from each other. So, congratulations, Griffin. I wasn't copying go. you completely. Number good. seven, give me Saquon. I think wow. the Giants are going to be a good football team. I mean, not a good football team. They're going to be an average football team. Daniel Jones is, you know, still going to be Daniel Jones. There's not a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. There's not a lot of superpower. So, Saquon's still going to be that guy. They're going to lean on him heavily. I, I just think, you know, seven makes a lot of sense to me. He's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of opportunity. If he stays healthy, he could end up being a top five back. I've got Derrick Henry at seven. I think they're going to be, a, like we said about, uh, whoever we said about earlier, they're going to be a, a behind in a lot of games. I think they're going to be having a, a rookie quarterback having to throw the ball or Ryan Tannehill having to throw the ball to try and catch them up. And I don't think Derrick Henry is going to get as many touches as he has in the past. I don't think he's quite as healthy as he needs to as he has in the past to get as many touches as he needs to get for them to be able to win games. Um, so I've got him dropping to number seven. At uh, number seven, I have Tony Pollard. I think basically kind of what you were saying or alluding to earlier with, um, I mean, he had a great season last year, 
with Zeke not being there this year, who was getting the majority of the goal line touches, I think that opens a big um, opportunity up for Tony Pollard. I do really like Deuce Vaughn. Um, he kind of stays hidden behind the the offensive yeah. line, which is great for him. Sure. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a slower bringing him into the offense and just kind of riding with Tony Pollard as much as possible, um, at least to start the season. And so, I mean, I think he's going to – he could potentially be a top five back. Like that. All right. Uh, all right, Griffin, you get to pick at six. Uh, number six, I have Derrick Henry. Ooh. I believe uh, last year he finished as the number four back. Um, it, it's just hard to continue to think that he's still going to be a top five back with how much um, how much mileage he has on those legs and just getting kind of up there in age for a running back. Um, he very well could end up still being a top five back, but if history tells us anything, he's probably not going to be. Um, but with that being said, I still have him at number six. So, I, I can respect that. I demanded to have him just a spot higher. Um, I had uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think if he stays on Vegas, he's a top 10 back. I think there's a pretty likely chance he gets, he's still traded um, before the, before the deadline. Um, and if he is, he's a top five back. So I've got him at number six. Okay. Uh, number six, I have Tony Pollard. Uh, you know, we've all, I mean, you guys have already talked about him. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. Cracked that top six mark. Zeke's gone. You know, it's going to open up the offense a little bit up whenever with the signing of Brandon Cooks, a lot of weapons on the, when the wide receiving core. So I think it's going to just be able to open up a lot for him. They're not going to be able to stack the box. And I think it's just going to be a very good offense overall. And I think he's going to benefit from that. All right. Five. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so five. I've got that's. This is where I have Jonathan Taylor. I've got him as a top mm. five back. I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to get some touchdowns stolen from him from Anthony Richardson. I think that the. I think he's going to end up playing for the Colts and won't be a problem. Uh, they're not going to be able to stack the box either because Anthony Richardson is going to be able to run the option and continue to throw it to uh, Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. So not going to be a whole lot of stack in the box as long as Jonathan Taylor can stay healthy. I mean, two years ago he showed us what he can do, and I think that especially after fighting with Jim Mercy like he did in the offseason. I think this is going to be his opportunity to show the Colts that he is the running back that they think he is. Well, I mean, the offensive line was a problem with the Colts all season long last year. And it was the only reason, I mean, I, I want to say it's the only reason John Taylor had an off year, but I mean, that you can definitely add that too. But at number five, I have Bijan Robinson. Uh, Bijan Robinson, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. Um, rookie playing for Atlanta, I think he's going to finish number five. Um, at number five, I had Nick Chubb. So um, I probably would have had him lower or closer to 10 if they still had Kareem Hunt. But the fact that they don't have him anymore, and I think he's going to get a lot more of the um, pass looks this year, along with being probably the best pure running back in the NFL. Um, I just I think he's going to be a top five back and um, it'd be kind of surprising if he's not. All right. I like that. Okay. Uh, Griffin, you want to – or, Callie, you can go first this time. Uh, four, I had Jonathan Taylor. I'll just echo everything you said, Josh. Sweet. Uh, you know, then I'm going to piggyback right off of that, and that's where I'm going to put Bijan Robinson at four because you're coming into a team where he's – this is a generational prospect, and this is a team that we talked about a few weeks ago. They ran the ball last year 549 times, and they're going to run the ball down people's throat. They well, still have Drake London and Kyle Pitts who are getting better. This guy is going to be running the football over people. I've watched him run routes. 
He looks very good. Bijan Robinson should have an immediate impact in the NFL, and it should be tremendous. What was that stat? Fifty-one percent of the time. It was over, something. Yeah, they were the yeah. only team to run it over fifty percent of the time. Jesus Christ! All right. I got another stat for you, but I'll wait until I uh, get to that. But um, so uh, number four, I have Saquon. I think with all the controversy about his contract this offseason, he is going to be hungry to, again, kind of have a prove-it year. Um, And so I just think he is going to, as long as he can stay healthy, which he showed that he can do, especially with last season. um, And, you know, Daniel Jones is going to really rely on him. And so I just think that he is going to have a hell of a season, honestly. Absolutely agree, and that's why I have him at three. There you go. Okay, you had – sorry. I have Saquon at three. He had, he had Saquon at four. Okay, so you started the threes with Saquon for all the reasons that he just said? Yep. Okay, I'll give my three. This is where I've got Derrick Henry. I'm not too worried about the mileage on Derrick Henry. He's shown that he does not need a top offense to perform. They signed D-Hop. It's going to open up the offense a little bit. Traylon Burke should be a whole lot better than he was last year. So uh, you're even if there's teams are stacking the box, Ryan Tannehill is good enough in play action to dump the ball off to DeAndre Hopkins or Traylon Burke. I mean, he's going to be able to make that work. I think that until I see the legs fall off of Derrick Henry, I'm going to continue to ride that wagon, and I have no reason to doubt him. I watch his workout videos. He looks super strong. If a man can push a 250-pound man's face into the ground, sign me up to be on his team every day of the week. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's completely fair. That is completely <laughs> fair, and I would not be shocked if he is a top three back. Um, so at number three, I have Bijan Robinson. Um, for a lot of what you guys said, uh, Josh was talking about his route running, which is looks insane for a running back. Um, they're obviously the most run-heavy team in the league. I'll even take that a step further. When they were trailing, they still ran the ball 48% of the time last season. Wow. <laughs> So they're clearly going to stick to stat. their game plan. They're going to stick to their game plan, which means run it, run it, run it. So, um, yeah, that's where I have Bijan, number three. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, that's there's some fantasy there, there's some value there. Uh, number two, can I go ahead and go number two? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Mr. Austin Eckler, and I think this is his last time. This is this will be his last appearance of the top three fantasy running backs ever. I think um I think this is last year um kind of at the top. And rightfully so. I think he's had a, a an illustrious career. Uh, but I think this is his last last real year of his prime. Josh, who you got? Okay, uh we're at number two. Number two for me. Gimme. Oh no, boys. You were messed... off. I was off. I messed up my rankings. That's okay, but that's okay. Uh, That's okay, because I'm going to feel good about this. I'm just going to have to move some things around. Uh, Give me... (laughs) (laughs) For number two, give me Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is going to have a fantastic fantasy year this year. Uh, Really? Yes, he is. Hold up, so you're comfortable leaving out the other two options out there? No, I'm going to replace one here in a moment. Just, okay. just just hang okay. with me. But I'm going to put Chubb at two. I feel very confident at that. Uh, I'm going to put Chubb at two. I think with the vacation of Kareem Hunt, I think it gives an opportunity for him to see some of this pass catching work that he's not had a chance to do before. I think that Deshaun Watson is going to lean on him a little bit. 
I think that this team is going to be a little more balanced than it has been. And I think Nick Chubb just has the talent to run all over people. And I think that this is going to be one that surprises people when he finishes the year in the in the top two. Okay. That's fair. And, and with uh, that, number two. And, and, and with that, boys, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it in here. Uh <laughs> you have to bear with me for a sec, but I'm going to move uh just slide everyone down. Yes. Everyone on my list is sliding down one, which is going to knock ETN out of the top 10. Um, for me, it's going to be Jacobs there. But at number three, that's where I'm going to have to move Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Christian McCaffrey for me, number three this year. Anytime that Elijah Mitchell is on the field, it eats into everything that Christian McCaffrey can do. Um, yeah. He just didn't see the same volume. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Devo, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey. Depending on what quarterback is even playing, you don't know how well it's going to go week in and week out. So I'm putting Chris McCaffrey at three. I'm never – wor- where- go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no. I have Christian McCaffrey at number two for everything that Josh just said. Um, the The thing is, is whenever they were leading in games, they did a really good job of um, kind of managing and limiting his reps, which I think is smart given that he, I mean, he hasn't been the most durable person in the world. I wouldn't say injury prone, but he has not been the most durable person throughout his career. And so I do think there's a chance he is the top back, but I I have him at number two. I've got him at number one and I will sell uh, for, for two reasons. So one, um, uh, he was not the most healthy back. I mean, he hasn't been for his career, and he wasn't last season, but he hasn't been for his career for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he hasn't been with the San Francisco 49ers. He hasn't been with their medical training staff. He hasn't been with their with their workout staff every day, with their strength and con- conditioning staff every day. I think it may be a little bit different over there in, with the 49ers organization. And also, I'm always going to trust the number one player on the field to perform at the at the top of his level at all times. I'm all I'm always going to pick the best fo- football player. I'm always going to pick the best basketball player. I'm always going to pick the best talent to win out. That's why I've got Christian McCaffrey at number 10. You mean one? But yeah, number one. <laughs> we got 10 minutes left, boys. Yeah, um, I will uh, say uh for number one for me. I don't, I mean, I don't hate the, obviously the Chris McCaffrey pick. I mean, once again, he's still in the number two back for me, but number one for me, I've got Austin Eckler. I think Eckler is just going to have an incredible year again. He gets so much pass catching work that there's going to be a little bit of touchdown regression. Sure. But there's so much pass catching, pass catching opportunity. There's no one threatening to take carries away from him. Austin Eckler is the guy for the chargers. And I just don't see it changing this year. Yep. I totally agree with that. And uh, over the last three of uh, four seasons. I think he's been a top three back or top four. Um, last year, he was obviously RB1. And um, the only thing that could potentially hurt him with the kind of the touchdown thing you were alluding to is um, I could think with Kellen Moore's offense, they might try to throw it down the field a little bit more. But like you said, there's nobody challenging him for reps. Um, so I think there's still plenty of um, opportunity there. All right, that wraps up the uh, the rankings, and Josh will post those when he uh, when he figures out whatever whatever algorithm he's using on ESPN. There, um, so hey, let's move I'm on. I'm very close. Well, we don't have time for that, so let's move on to the PGA playoffs. Uh, so uh, Lucas Glover, he was dunking his hands in every ice chest he could find, sweating from every orifice possible. Um, still wins the tournament in the in a playoff 
for a second straight playoff win. Um, and just for perspective, perspective, last year on tour, he made right around a million and a half dollars for the entire season. In the past two weeks, he's made over $4 million. Shout out to him. Um, but everyone had a chance in this tournament. Fleetwood made a run. Cantley made a run. Of course, Rory finished top five. But again, this brings back to a point that I made in an earlier episode. Against a field like this, no dogs anywhere in sight. No killers. Nobody stepping on necks. If Tiger can come back healthy, if Tiger can come back and walk all 18 holes, he will pass Jack all-time majors. Yeah, I just don't see his body holding up for that. He just had surgery. I think. I think he's walking fine. I, I know, but he's had like fifty surgeries. I'm one of the biggest Tiger fans, but I'm. I like don't it. see him winning another major. Does it sound like it? You can be a I big would, fan and be realistic. I would love to see Tiger win another major. I think he's going to. Um, and then that being said, this weekend's the biggest card of the year. Uh, you goes <laughs> no, it's really not, but it's a, it's a really it's a really exciting fight in the main event. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling, and I think this is this is Sugar Sean. I mean, I think you all know Sugar Sean. Is that y'all know Sean O'Malley, the guy with the colorful? Oh, yeah, yeah, but, I'm I'm rooting for him. I, I think this is a coming out party this Saturday. I think he knocks out Aljamain Sterling in round three or four. I think he stuffs most of his takedowns. I think he, uh, Aljamain may get him down early, but I think Sugar Sean withstands. The 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 ground attacks early on. I think he makes it into later rounds. Aljamain gets tired. I think Sugar Sean lands something hard, something clean late in the fight and ends it. And he becomes the new bantamweight champion of the world. Yeah, I would love to see that. I really would. It would it, it would set a, a, a just a fan favorite Sugar Sean versus Corey Sanhagen fight later on this year, which would probably sell it. And it probably, it would probably co-headline John Jones and uh, Stipe. Oh, wow. Okay. Right, I have the B I have the BYB list minus one person that I can't figure out yet, but you guys will help me fill it in. Number one, Austin Eckler. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. Number three, Bijan Robinson. Number four, Saquon Barkley. Number five, Nick Chubb. Number six, Jonathan Taylor. Number seven, Tony Pollard. Number eight, Josh Jacobs. Number nine, Derrick Henry. Number 10, Travis Etienne. I didn't need your help. I had it figured out. Mr. Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb is number five. So once again, top 10 fancy running backs for Bursher Bubble. Number one, Austin Eckler. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. Number three, Bijan Robinson. Number four, Saquon Barkley. Number five, Nick Chubb. Number six, Jonathan Taylor. Number seven, Tony Pollard. Number eight, Josh Jacobs. Number nine, Derek Henry. Number 10, Travis Etienne. I think Najee Harris has a chance to sneak into the top 10. Uh, in my rankings, I had him at 12. Ramondre Stevenson, 13. Damian Pierce, 14. Gibbs, 15. Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon. I think all of those guys have a chance to really have a really, really good five to 10 year. Mm, not Aaron Jones for me. AJ Dillon takes too much of the work, but I think we had a very good top 10 fancy running back list, boys. It's been another very fun episode. A lot of content out here. A lot of NFL. I am so ready. We are less than four weeks away from watching Monday Night Football. I love it. We're 10 days away from lit, from uh, watching week uh, zero week zero of college football. So I'm that's yeah. what I'm really most pumped. excited about. I'm pumped about that. Can't Here we go, boys. Real sports on TV in 10 days. I'm looking forward to it. 
Fantastic episode. You guys have a great week. All right.